0: Welcome to Doing CX Right, a podcast where we discuss how to differentiate brands by doing customer experience right. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, an author, award-winning keynote speaker, and mentor passionate to help you humanize business and improve experiences to achieve real results. Today, I'm speaking to Robertson Stewart, who has written reputable books about management and leadership. He teaches these subjects at several schools, including the university in Paris. We're talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart and should be important to you too. It's about keeping employees and agents engaged to deliver customer excellence. What does engagement really mean? What does great look like? How do you measure engagement to know that your people are happy and will remain loyal brand advocates for the long term? Also, how do you prevent a toxic work environment and bad bosses from rising the ranks that contributes to the great resignation? You're gonna hear answers to these questions and many more actionable tips to ensure you achieve better business outcomes. I have a request. Please share this episode with others on your favorite podcast channel. Subscribe for updates and leave me a review. It means a lot. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, Robertson, Hunter Stewart. Welcome to the Doing CX Right show.
1: Hello, Stacey. Great to be here. And thank you very much for your invitation. Yeah. Uh, very happy to be with you tonight.
0: Oh, I'm such a privilege to have you. And by the way, I know your name's very long. So it's Rob for short. Is that right?
1: That, that's right. Yeah. It was Robert's and Hunter Stewart's, a bit of a mouthful. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I um good. So we're going to go with, with Rob. And by the way, I love your accent, but we'll get to that. So, okay, thank you. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> what do you do for a living?
1: Well, what I do for a living uh, most of the time is I teach at university and college in Paris, uh, in French and in English, uh, and I teach uh, leadership and management uh, most of the time. I also do some classes on strategy, business strategy, and uh, and how to go about building business. But my main main point is really uh, leadership and management, yeah?
0: Mm.
1: My main expertise.
0: Yeah, why? And I'm
1: also... Well it's because it's because the because I was a manager for nearly uh, 35 years uh, and uh, in the hotel industry and I, I, the service industry service sector and I was basically uh, at, at the end of my career uh, before I started this business uh, I was manager of the uh, three biggest hotels in Europe so uh, all with over a thousand rooms and like m- m- more than a thousand people yeah uh, in each team. So, so you know. It's...
0: Yeah. So you're just about to say also what 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 else did you?
1: Yeah. The also was I'm an author of of several books. Well, two books so far. A third one on the way, on management, leadership, and management. And one of them, the the one that's out at the moment in the in the states is one to one, and it's uh, you know how to spend quality time with individuals for engagement and success. That's the full title of the book. Uh, And the other one, uh, the one before that, was called employee power uh, and how to gain competitive advantage uh, by being nice to your employees.
0: Mm. Oh, that is such a good topic and we're going to get there. Before we do, what's a fun fact people may or may not know about you?
1: I think I think I think something is I keep secret quite often is that, is that I'm uh, obsessed with fishing yeah? <laughs> fishing for fish mm. <laughs> and uh, and especially uh, fly fishing. So uh, yeah, when I'm in Scotland, uh, I'm always in the river in the middle of the rivers with my my fly rod and fishing for trout. But I don't. The interesting fact is I don't actually uh, eat them. I um, <laughs> I take care of them and I put them back in the water. And it's it's not uh, so you know because they, they don't get hurt basically because I use hooks without barbs. So uh, I take the fish. I just look at it, hold it, and then put it back in the water. guess. Yeah, so it's. Uh, and think people. When I tell people I go fishing, they always think I'm killing lots of fish and stuff. But I don't. I don't kill any.
0: <laughs> well,
1: but I love fishing.
0: Well, I'm going to use that analogy today because. We're going to be fishing together around the best mm-hmm. leadership tips and ways to really engage your employees and your agents. So we're going to mm-hmm. definitely go fishing and sharing the the fruits of uh, of your labor here. So as okay. we begin, tell me a little bit around engagement. What does engagement well, actually really mean?
1: Well, engagement means a lot of things, actually. Uh, but first and foremost, it means the, the person is engaged with the work that they're doing. Yeah. It means that they, they actually have a purpose and they thrive in their workplace whilst doing their job, which means basically that they are engaged because they believe that the job that they're doing is important. So that's the very first thing. Uh, secondly, it's also engaging with the colleagues in the workplace yeah? uh, and to engage uh, properly and have uh, healthy relationships with those you're working with. That's also part of engagement. Then the third part is, is more about the company culture. Uh, it's to do with ga- engaging with the, with the culture. So basically, you're in tune uh, with the culture within the organization. The fourth thing that's even more important is that you're in tune with your boss, or your, or your direct superior, uh, or your manager, because after all, uh, people, uh, in my opinion, work for people. They don't work for organisations. Uh, and uh, you know, if someone's got to really engage, uh, the best thing that can happen is that there's a great relationship both with the culture in the organisation and with their direct manager. Uh, and this allows engagement, yeah, and especially engagement uh, without having any toxic conditions uh, mm-hmm. around it, yeah.
0: People listening might say, "Well, what's the difference between engagement and commitment?"
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, engagement basically means that they 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 believe in the in the company they're working for, yeah. Commitment you can be committed to a job. Uh, you can be committed uh, in terms of, uh, yeah, you go and you work at your best, you do your best, so you're efficient, yeah? But it's different from being effective, yeah? Being effective, especially as a manager, yeah, is you're gonna have to really be engaged, not just committed. Because you can be committed to what you're doing without uh, actually being fully engaged. Uh, I don't know if I made myself clear, but uh, for me, the, there's the main difference it's between efficiency, which is a management tool, yeah? And leadership, which is a, how to be effective. And and that's what it's all about for me, is to be effective. Yeah? And that's the difference between engagement and being committed.
0: Why do you believe that achieving employee engagement, why is it so hard?
1: Well, I think it's so hard. Uh, the main reason is because, uh, unfortunately, we're living in times where uh, I think uh, training uh, training, and uh, the training culture has taken on less and less importance instead of more and more. Hmm. Uh, and what I mean by that more precisely is that uh, managers and leaders, are often the, uh, they're chosen experts in their field. So let's take an example of a, uh, a finance guy who's really, really, really good in finance. So he can tell you about a and l or he can tell you about the balance sheet. He can tell you about the cash flow. Everything's great. But then you put him in charge of the accounting team. Yeah okay but you don't give them any training on how to manage people so <laughs> so basically what you got you got and this happens a lot you've got experts that are moved into positions of management or leadership positions who aren't prepared to be leaders or managers they're not mm-hmm. trained for it and they're not accompanied either which means that not only don't they receive any training but mm-hmm. then uh, even worse they're not accompanied by by for example human resources don't even give them an accompaniment so to say you know here's some training. Here's some stuff that can help you. You know, don't don't worry, I'm here to help you. and they don't have a mentor. they don't have a coach. They don't, they're just left. They're thrown in. It's like being thrown in a swimming pool, yeah, without any equipment, yeah, so you're basically gonna drown, you know so, And that's what happens far too often. and this and this for me, um, causes massive disengagement because uh, you know these because people don't know how to manage, Uh, what they often do is they'll they'll make bad decisions, they'll speak to people badly, Mm. they won't know how to run a meeting properly, uh, they won't know how to manage their time properly, they won't know how to manage stress, uh, because stressful environments with other people, You know, they just don't know how to do it. Um, And these things are learned behaviors. I mean, managerial behavior is a learned behavior, and leadership behavior too. Mm. So uh, they're just basically too often thrown in the deep end, and that's what's causing, in my opinion, what we see is the great resignation, In the U.S. at the moment, yeah, it's really to do with uh, toxicity and uh, and toxic environments, and basically to be just to cut a long story short, uh, toxic bosses. Yeah, you don't know what they're doing.
0: Oh, that is so good. (laughs) I could just, (laughs) I could dive deep into everything you just said. Well, so let's let's go into that. So the first thing you said Mm -hmm. was about training. Managers are thrown into positions. And they're not really equipped to be managers. Mm -hmm. So therefore, their people are less engaged by that leader. Correct?
1: Yeah, because, uh, yeah, correct. Yeah, because in fact, uh, you know, we all talk about leadership by example. But then, you know, if leadership by example, you have to know what you're doing. (laughs) So if the manager in question doesn't know how to manage... Uh, and he's trying to lead by example, it's going to be a fairly poor example. Uh, And uh, so he's going to quickly get himself in trouble. He or she, sorry, will quickly get himself in trouble. Uh, and that's that's the problem with it. And and the other thing is that uh, you know when we talk about employee empowerment, to empower employees, there are three things on an empowerment triangle, which uh, which I'll speak about in my next book. <laughs> but I can tell you about just now because it's relevant. Is that the uh, there are three things uh, towards empowerment, employee empowerment. They are to have the correct tools. Uh, it's to have the training to use those tools, and then it's to have the trust uh, of your manager or your leader in order to. He steps back and literally use the training and the tools, yeah. But then that's not applied far too often to the managers themselves. <laughs> and this is this is where it all falls down. this is where the house of cards collapses, yeah.
0: Empowerment, trust, ooh, I think actually yeah. trust is the number one reason people yeah. are disloyal and leave, disengaged, mm-hmm. as well as customers. When they don't trust.
1: Yeah, of course. Of course.
0: You talked about toxic uh, bosses. Yeah. Do you believe that in a scale of why people leave companies, where no. does that fall in the scale to you? Is it really high, middle, or low? Well, yeah,
1: it's 9 out of, it's nine, nine out of 10. <laughs> It's nine out of ten because the uh, you know it's, it's, if it if it was a question of salary yeah we wouldn't be in the same condition yeah it wouldn't be uh, as big. <laughs> the big problem is uh, how people are treated in the workplace uh, and uh, you know I think we've 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 uh, gone back uh, if I can say to the the start of the industrial revolution <laughs> and we're now more or less like you know, when a, when Frederick W Taylor uh, you know Taylorism yeah and a fair day's wage for a, <laughs> a fair day's work. Well, I'm sorry, but that just doesn't work. And particularly uh, today, uh, when people, uh, you know, they expect a better life-work balance, uh, and uh, and they're not getting that. Yeah. And then when they are at work, if they're getting treated badly and not treated correctly, then of course they're going to leave. It's uh, you know, I wouldn't, and I've I've been through this situation personally. Uh, I think uh, twice in my career, where I left because they just I just couldn't, you know, because they were they were in um, The culture, remember I talked about the culture earlier? Well, if the culture is not, if you're not aligned with the values or or the behavior in the company you're working for, you can't stay. Uh, You know, as a manager, a couple of times I was asked to do things that I just morally and ethically I couldn't do. Uh, So I had to leave, Uh, you know, and that's it. Yes. There's no...
0: I've been there very, I know this very well. Going back to engagement, Now, there are Mm -hmm. many jobs that are what I call monotonous, day-to-day, the same thing. And that's typically in a call center, for example. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: What's your advice to keep those people who are, in essence, the front line as well, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. keep them engaged? and, And when they're not all sitting in one building... What do, you, mm-hmm. what do you recommend for people to do to keep them engaged?
1: Well, I recommend very, very strongly uh, to, have, uh, to give them time, uh, to give them management time. Uh, what I mean is very simple. is to say that you have to have uh, time for formal discussion uh, and not just with the whole team uh, with, on a one-to-one basis. So, because people, after all, a team is only a collection of individuals. So what you have to make sure is that you know the know the people, knowledge of people in the team, you know what they like, uh, their likes, their dislikes. Uh, you know, for example, you know, I'll give you a silly example. It was it was, uh, it was you know Gary V. Uh, he gave a great example of this recently. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was laughing when he said it. He said he was stalking people on on on, uh, on social media as, as, as employees. But he wasn't stalking them. What it was, he was finding out what they liked and what they don't like. And so for example, he would he would find out a guy loved uh, the New York Jets, you know. And then you get the guy a couple of tickets for the New York Jets and there would be an envelope waiting on the guy's desk in the morning. I mean, how, how good is that, you know? And this is the kind of thing. It's these little things that show uh, respect, show care, that show that you you really know who the person is. Because that's the very first thing about recognizing people and recognition is to actually know something about the person, yeah. That's the first thing, and then the second thing is to offer time, is to say that you know, on a formal basis, on a one-to-one basis, you're going to spend some time with that guy or, or, or lady uh, once a month. If it's an hour, it might be an hour and a half. It can be whatever. This depends on the level the person's working at, yeah. And then give them time to express themselves, yeah, mm. and uh, and and listen. To them, yeah. mm,
0: listen. Huh. Yes, you listen. Yeah, one of the things that I personally like to do in any job I'm in is walk in the day in the life of the employees and the agents' shoes. And so I'll mm. sit and literally be on the phone calls, sit side by side, go out. Yep. In uh, my last job in the elevator industry, I'd go out with a technician and spend the day on the job. You learn so much, and then you can really, actually, deliver excellence to them because they feel heard and understood.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a great thing to do. So, and uh, why
0: don't we do that enough? Why is this so basic?
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's basic, but it's, it's as, as I said before. It's, it's unfortunately that the, the uh, you know if uh, you know if there's too much. We're too uh, customer centric, yeah, uh, in in today's uh, environment. This is what's causing this huge problem with toxic work environments. Yeah, is we're being far too consumer and, and uh, customer centric. Yeah, and uh, what needs to happen is we need to reverse this and come back to being more employee centric. Uh what I mean by that is, is uh, you know, J.W. Marriott said it the best. J.W. Marriott being the founder of the biggest hotel company in the world today. Yeah, with I don't know, God, he's got, I don't know, it's like six million hotel rooms, you know. <laughs> and uh, so he said, he said, you know, it, it was basically take care of your people. They'll take care of your customers and the business will take care of itself. And it's as simple as that. Except that people, unfortunately, you know, like the guys that are—I um, don't know—investing and stockholders and so forth—they're not getting this message. Yeah, what they're doing is they're pushing to push costs down, to push productivity up, to you know, they're trying to get basically trying to have your cake and eat it at the same time. Uh, and and there's too much of this going on. And what they don't understand is that one day this model is going to collapse because the people that are sustaining the model the the people who are working they will no, be, no longer be able to afford to buy these goods or services and then they're going to be in serious trouble <laughs> i mean the companies will be in serious trouble yeah so this is this is all part of the same thing yeah so uh, i'm sorry if i'm getting a bit <laughs> too convoluted and it's it's not very clear but what is clear is the uh, is to be nice to people. It's to be nice to people, as as, as Jedlem said, yeah, take care of your people. Or Simon Sinek, another another mm-hmm. great guy. He's he's he said uh, recently, it's uh, you know, leadership's not about being in charge. Leadership's about taking care of those in your charge. This is Simon Sinek, yeah. And and these guys, they're right. This is the right way forward. It's, it's the good way forward.
0: So how do you know if you're employees and agents are engaged, what are ways that people in different businesses can really know? On one hand, I'd say the obvious ask them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: This is this is is, it's a good idea.
0: (laughs) How are you doing? How are you feeling? But be, yeah. Beyond that very obvious answer, what are other ways that you recommend to have a pulse, well, engage, and measure engagement?
1: Well, it's exactly that. It's measure it, isn't it? Yeah, as Peter Drucker was accused of saying, because he didn't actually say this, but <laughs> people think he did. If you can't manage, if you can't measure, you can't manage it. Yeah, but the Drucker Institute will tell you, you never said it. But the words are important. The words are very important. Uh, because it's true, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. It's as simple as that. So there has to be some kind of measure of this employee satisfaction, employee engagement, employee experience, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And what happens too often in organizations, as I said earlier, you will take the information from, I don't know, if it's a service industry, you'll take it from TripAdvisor, you'll take it from the quality uh, information coming back, the, the quality reports that you have from your customers, because they'll get all these questionnaires and they'll fill them in and they'll tell you we're satisfied, we're not satisfied. And then you get the same information from the employees. And what happens is people will spend, and I've seen this personally, they'll spend you know, 10 times more time on the customer feedback than on the employee feedback. And sometimes the employee feedback just gets put in a drawer and it's just for later. You know? uh, and that's, that's one of the big problems, That's a major problem. Uh, so there have there has to be a formal way to measure this. You can't just think you can go on uh, it, you know. It's, and it is good, of course, to go and ask people how they feel, but you have to have some uh, formal information, yeah, based on a real, and there are so many companies out there that do this work for you, there's no excuse not to do it. And then there's certainly no excuse not to action this this information, yeah? When you know what's wrong.
0: Yes. I also like to compare the customer satisfaction NPS results and marry it to the internal employee, especially when there's a sales branch and Mm -hmm. all over the place. And you really can narrow down which offices are really delivering a great customer experience because it it matches the engagement and the customer score. They're so linked. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, more than seen it. Uh, I've practiced it. So 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 basically, uh, you know, it's, 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 well, it's, I don't really. Say, <laughs> I hope this doesn't seem like boasting, but uh, but in uh, a couple of workplaces I've worked at, as as the as a leader of 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 the the, the teams, as I said, big teams, you know, nearly a thousand people, and and uh, I had in the companies, both organisations that were involved, uh, I had the highest uh, employee satisfaction scores and the highest customer satisfaction scores. Mm. And they were always linked. And in fact, one of them came up by, I'm not exaggerating, in five years, I managed to increase the customer satisfaction by 20% and employee satisfaction by 15% at the same time. Mm. So there's no secret. No
0: secret. There's no
1: secret. It's it's completely uh, linked. Yeah. And of course, what it's also linked to is the profits of the organization. Because <laughs> the profits went flying up at the same time. So if anyone doesn't believe that there's not a link between employee satisfaction, customer satisfaction, and then the profits of the organization, they're, they're fooling themselves. It's, there really is a huge, huge link between these things.
0: Now, you're in Paris, correct? Yeah. And
1: Paris, France, not Texas. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes. So you're oh. in, in France. <laughs> And you've been in other areas uh, over your lifetime. Do you find that the principles around increasing employee engagement, which like you said, impacts customer and profit, all these other benefits, do you find it similar from country to country and places and cultures? Is there a variance? What's your perspective?
1: Well, there's 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 there are variances, but the in general, it's always the same. The same reasons that we've already talked about that the the cause or don't cause uh, customer um I mean, customer or employee engagement. Yeah, it's basically the same model. Yeah, that works. There are some places uh, that are a bit different because uh, France, for example, uh, you know we don't have a, we don't have the great resignation for the moment. Uh, for example, because we don't have full employment in France. As compared to the United States, the United States, the employment levels are much higher. So, so in fact, people will stay even in a toxic work environment because they don't have much choice, you know. But the other thing is that they, there's more uh, protections. So, so the employment legislation in France is much more protective than the United in the U.S. So, you know, if an employee uh, is being, uh, you know, badly treated and so forth, it can very quickly become a huge problem for the leader or the manager concerned. Huh? very quickly. I think in the States, it must be the same legally, you know, I mean, you you have to be very careful how you treat people. Uh, But basically, the reasons for the engagement are the same. Uh, The only exceptional thing I saw in terms of of countries uh, would have been when I worked in Poland for four years uh the the polish they're just i mean you know it's not to make silly comparisons but they're just fabulous <laughs> i mean they just they just so they just work so hard you know i mean you just have to say hi and thanks and they're and they're off they go you know they're they're they're, they're fabulous you yeah? know yeah. and uh it's a pleasure but it's also a pleasure to work with the french i have to say i live here you know so yes and uh and also you know i've, I've met so many different cultures and and my teams they were all multicultural and and it's really you know as long as you're you're good to people and you treat them the right way, it doesn't matter whether they're French, American, or Polish. Uh, it's it's going to have the same results. Well, it's going to have good results.
0: And the right way, I want to uh, mm-hmm. add here. Yeah, the right way is actually different based on who you ask. So oh yeah, my right way, the way I want to be treated may be different mm-hmm. than what's important to you. And that's of course where leaders really ah, yeah. can make a difference and increase engagement by that alone.
1: Yeah. Of course. And this is all about pressing the right buttons and the right people, yeah. I mean, it's a silly way to say it, but if if if, if everyone uh, everyone should read, uh, you know, of course they should read my books, of course, but <laughs> they should also read uh, some of the some of the great books that were written by uh, people like Peter Drucker or uh, people like uh, Ken Blanchard, yeah, Kenneth Blanchard, uh, for example, the One Minute Manager, because uh, in that book uh, he introduces what's now called the Situational Management Model, yeah, the the so contextual management, and he invented it, yeah. So, so, uh, <laughs> but people don't know this, yeah. But he did invent it, and uh, so basically, different styles of management for different situations and for different people. And and if you don't even know this basic model, yeah, of how to how to manage to be flexible in your management style, in comparison, in, in compared to who you've got in front of you, yeah, you're already lost. I mean, you don't know what you're doing. So, so, mm-hmm. so you know, because people just don't react the same way to the same stimulus; they just don't. You know so you have to understand this. And in order to do that, you have to be a very, very, very good listener. You have to be able to listen very well to people, uh, because you know it's like a, it's like when you compare an extrovert to an introvert, you know sometimes it's just it, the the first appearances can can be a complete sham because, in fact, the extrovert might be making a lot of noise, but doesn't know what he's speaking about. And the introvert could be someone that's such a fantastic expert and has got so many good ideas, but never speaks. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, you shouldn't judge. You should take your time uh, and learn to to know your people. Yeah, I think yes. that's very important.
0: So as we come to the end, you might have mm-hmm. just answered some of it, but I'll give you a chance to mm-hmm. either okay. reiterate this or something different. What is the okay. best leadership advice you've given or received? What's that one thing?
1: The one thing, the one phrase that always sticks in my mind is once I asked a guy, um, an older guy, a senior guy, uh, I was working with, I was a young manager, and, uh, and I was making some mistakes, you know. And so I asked this guy. He was nothing. He wasn't even in my department, but I knew I respected him a lot. And I said to him, "I said, listen, could you, you know, how how do you think I'm doing? How do you think I'm managing?" <laughs> And I got my answer. <laughs> and he said, "You know he said, we're all uh, we're all um, we're all basically in charge of what we say, but we're also prisoners of what we say. Hmm. And we're masters of our own silence. <laughs> so I think uh, the message is very clear. <laughs> so you basically said to me, you''re, you're you, everyone is uh, you know you're you're masters of your own silence, yeah, but prisoners of what you say." So that comes to a great phrase from Jimi Hendrix which is so knowledge speaks but wisdom listens. Yeah. This is this is why I'd like to say to to all leaders and all managers, yeah, knowledge speaks but wisdom listens. You, That's important.
0: You have me silenced. It is so good and I'm digesting in my brain those words. F- fantastic. I also ask you what is the one takeaway you want people to remember around engagement, to really increase the employee agent staff engagement? What's the one tip?
1: Well, uh, it's quite a difficult question. Uh, and there's lots of different answers to it, but I'll give you I'll, I'll give you the, the, the one answer that I think is there's there's it's it's it's, a, it's a Japanese proverb this time. <laughs> so as as vision uh, without action is a daydream, yeah. But action without vision is a nightmare. So it's taking the time to think, to take a step back from what you're doing, to spend time planning, uh, and not to just action, be action oriented. Always to have time to think. Make yourself, make sure you have time to think. Uh, because you have the five P's of planning, which everyone knows, but rarely put into practice. So proper planning prevents poor performance. You take a step back, you take time for yourself to plan so that you don't put yourself under stress for no reason. That's, that's my main advice to, to managers and leaders today.
0: Mm. But how does that link to engagement of your people? Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because, because you also give the time uh, because you give yourself that time, you're always in a very relaxed state, which means that when you receive people, you're not stressed, and you are showing that you're not stressed. So this is to do with you know what we said earlier about managing by example. People can see that you're at ease. Yeah, you know, they can see that you're at ease in their position, that you know what you're doing, and when you receive them in those one-to-ones, the best thing for for employee engagement is to have formal one-to-one meetings on a frequent basis with them uh once a month take them aside and let them know that they own that meeting so they even prepare the agenda they come back with the ideas they even compare they do the minutes for the meetings yeah they come back they own the meeting yeah it's their meeting because then you get to the end of the year and there's no surprises in the the um the appraisal interview or the evaluation interview, however you want to call it, because we already saw each other 12 times this year. So there's no surprises. We know exactly where we are together.
0: So good. Last question before we wrap up is if you could go back in time to your 20-year-old self based on what you know now that you didn't know then, what would you tell younger Rob?
1: I would tell younger Rob to get his act together, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> but I'd also tell him. Uh, I think my main message to younger Rob would be uh, to be uh, more people focused and less task focused. Yeah. Uh, because when I was young, uh, what I was, I was extremely efficient. Uh, you know, I could do. You know, I don't know, multitasking, all these horrible things that you know people think are possible, which are not possible, in fact. And uh, I used to do all these things. <laughs> But what I used to do was take my attention away from the people I was actually working with and, uh, you know, concentrate far too much on actually the result that I was trying to get to and not to concentrate on the people who are actually doing the work. Uh, So I think, you know, if I had some advice to give to my younger self, it'd be really stop being so task-focused and focus more on the people.
0: Love that. And now it makes sense why you're so good at what you did and do. Uh, You made that a mission and I love it. Well, people are going to want to find you. What is the best place? Is it your website, LinkedIn? Uh, it's not are my there...
1: website yet because that's that's under construction still. <laughs> it's a new okay. website. So, uh, But where they can find me really easily is uh, Roberts and Hunter Stewart, uh, you know, uh, all together in one word. Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, they can find me on uh, LinkedIn. I've got quite a big following there, so you can find me easily there. Uh, or or Instagram or uh, Twitter, you know, I'm all over the place, so so uh, there's no problem. Or uh, on my email, they can write to me directly. Huh? Uh, it's Rob Stewart uh, altogether, uh, one eight four at gmail.com. and you can the anyone that wants to, you know, feels like they want to know more, they, they can write to me there. I'd be quite happy to to reply.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here, and I know that workplaces are going to be better off have better engagement because of this conversation. So thank you for being here.
1: Thank you very much, Stacey, for your invitation. It was great. Great speaking to you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for joining today. I hope you will apply the lesson shared and also requesting if you would leave a review on Apple, it would mean a lot. Head over to doingcxright.com to learn more ways to connect with me and improve your CX. Until next time, I'm Stacy Sherman doing CX right.